Hello, everyone. My name is David, and I'll be subbing for this workshop. It's called Level 6 Advanced Strategies. It's a workshop I created a while back. I haven't done it in a while, so. But it is a wonderful workshop to lead. Currently, it's being led by Susan. Right? She's another great mentor, but I love this. So this is all about Level 6. So a little bit about myself, if you don't know who I am. I am David, I'm from San Diego, California. I currently live in Washington, DC. I will be starting a new university job in May, right? So next month. And I have a background in English and a master's for TESOL in linguistics. I've also taught since 2010 with ESL and I've lived abroad in four different countries, South Korea, France, Thailand, and also China. Currently for VIP Kid, I also help with VIP Teach which is our nonprofit organization. It is wonderful. I'm in a I am a consultant for them. So right now we have about 30 fellows that are preparing for their capstone project. So basically what VIP Teach focuses on is educational equity in the online educational space. So if you are looking to do that next year, they are looking for applications, go to vipteach.org. It's a wonderful organization. I also do workshops, which I love to do as you may know, and I worked at the head office for one year for the learning and development team. And I do specialize in student engagement and building rapport. I think we're good to go now, perfect. So let's get started. The agenda for the workshop today, we'll do a quick review of level six. You may have seen some of my videos in that certification material. I'll also go over teaching strategies. I'll show you some very old videos of me teaching level six and some slide practice as well. And then at the very end, we'll do some Q&A if there are any questions I did not get to. Let's get started. So for level six, let's do a quick review of the structure, the content and instructional, go instructional goals here for level six. So first, teachers, can you finish the sentence for me? Level six students are, level six students are, you can unmute or you can type in the chat box. I see dedicated, serious, smart. Mm -hmm. And feel free to unmute during these sections if you'd like. Typically more verbal. Delightful, I like that word. Sometimes can't read well. They are fun to converse with. You know, level six, level seven, and level eight are my favorite levels to teach for VIP Kid. Engaged, participate well. And you know, with level six, I find that you can really have conversations, have fun with them get to know them. They'll tell you their opinion. They're kind of on the cusp of what, preteen to teen, you know, that age. Another mentor likes to say, respect the cool. I like that. So far, so good. There you go. So let's talk about an ideal level six teacher. Now this is Benjamin. I met him when I was in Beijing working at the head office. He is the head of the LPs. So he has a really powerful role at the company. So here he is talking about what parents expect from a level six teacher. Let's watch and I'll go over some of the points. The most important thing for a level six teacher is to be knowledgeable. You must know all the cultural aspects of this content, of this class content. You need to uh, uh, give students a lot of information concerning this culture. 
That is one thing. And then the second thing is uh, to be um, to be more uh, grammatical correct um, when you are explaining this uh, this passage. And when they book teachers of level six, some parents they are looking for their background, especially academic background. They're really interested in the. Uh, they're really interested in where do they come from. Which city do they come from, and uh, which university did they graduate? Thank you, Benjamin. The most so some things he's going over here are you you know that lesson content. So make sure that you're preparing for the class. For example, in level six, there's a whole unit on rocks and the rock cycle. If they do ask you questions, which they tend to do tend to do, have some examples ready or some props that you can show that can really enhance that lesson. Preparation is key here for level six. Check the material page when you have that booking. Also check what other teachers have said about that particular class that can really help you and steer you in the right direction. Number two, what Benjamin said is that you're correcting those grammatical errors. You should also know how to explain simply what grammar rules are. So if you're a little bit rusty at that, at rusty at that just do a quick review. When you're preparing for a class, if there's something you don't really know, let's say the differences between who and whom, just do a quick review, a refresh. So if they do ask you questions, you can explain that. And number three, for your bio, I know right now the bio is click and choose, but if you are looking to attract older students, I do recommend to change your profile video or things that you're highlighting on your profile. So I get this question a lot. Oh, David, I don't like to teach level one or two. I want to teach higher level students. So in your bio, if it was geared towards those younger students in the past, you can talk about maybe the university that you graduated, what you studied, different things that you will do in the classroom. Like I will challenge my students in class. Those are things you can highlight in your profile video and just make it a little bit more academic if you'd like to attract those types of parents and students. So I love to do, I do a level seven workshop as well. I'm really geared towards those older students. So that's what I highlight on my profile for VIB Kid. Any questions about this? Excellent. So content for level six is really high interest based for our students. As you may see here, some of the different kinds of lessons, holidays around the world, that's a big one, discovering the unknown and solving mysteries, changes in nature, we will rock you is all about the rock cycle. So no different rocks. You can also show some pictures. Too. I love to show volcanoes in class. So these are text heavy. Be aware of your pacing. You're always looking at the clock. You can also split the reading in case you have a slow reader. And that's a way that you can split the work but still manage your time for that class. I would highlight for this workshop to ask a lot of comprehension or concept check questions as you go along in the lesson. Even if they're slow at reading, they should know how to read. They're not learning how to read, but they're reading to learn. So that's a big difference with those lower level classes. Also research any unfamiliar topics that you may come across. Like let's say if you're talking about holidays around the world, there's a section about Ramadan, for example. So if you know more about that, you can provide some context for that class. And math is not an included domain in level six. So if you're not a fan of math, you're in luck. So here's a level six classroom. 
this is a previous mentor, Diana. I miss her so much. She was wonderful. But in this class, I want you to pay attention to the student's level and how they are participating in class. So let's watch. Metamorphic rocks, looks like they form in very high pressure and heat underground. Excellent. Do you know which ones can be formed from other rocks? So, metamorphic rocks can be formed from other rocks. Excellent. Go ahead. rocks come together. So, other rocks um, just combined together and it got squished together into a metamorphic rock. Very good. Like granite. Granite has all those little pieces in it like that, right? I know. Yeah, excellent. There one other can be formed under high heat and pressure, you know? Sedimentary rock. Yeah, so that's the same for both of them. Spin the spinner. Tell me when to stop. You say stop. 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 You get a star right there. Seeing Diana is like seeing an old friend. She is wonderful. So in this example, is this a high level student? Oh, for sure. Did you hear her? She sounded like an American student, right? So she's able to really fluently converse using words like squished. And if you think about, is this an active class? There's a lot of back and forth that's happening between her and the student, which I really enjoy. Yeah, I also, I got that idea from fidget spinners from Diana. She was kind of my original mentor when I started. So I have a fidget spinner and I have three icons here. Let me just re write it again, it's kind of faded. But I have a question mark, a star, and an exclamation mark. And let me just kind of do that again. I haven't used this in a while, but I did use it before a lot. So I have three symbols here, exclamation mark for playing a game, star for giving them a star, and a question for asking a conversation-based question. I would spin it, they say stop, and that's what we do. So that could be a really fun little reward for level six, by the way. And what other approaches can you take for this content? So we are talking about igneous rocks, sedimentary, sedimentary rocks, and metamorphic rocks. Any ideas from the group? Anything you can show? Have an example of each rock, either physically or on your phone or Google Slides that you can show, right? I like that. Diana kind of drew some granite, kind of those spots. I like that. So fidget spinner, like I showed you before, great idea. I use fidget spinners all the time. I also have the other side as point values, so I can do that as well, right? So one, two, three, or the little symbols. So the six E's, you may have noticed in this example in the upper right corner, it says explore. Now, a lot of the lesson slides, they have an E word at the very top right. You may not know exactly what is the expectation from VIP Kid here. So let me just quickly walk through the six E's of how these slides are divided. So number one, we have lessons one and seven are all about engaging the student. Remember, there are 12 lessons per unit. 
And the first, the sixth lesson and the 12th lesson are unit assessments, right? So when you have lesson number seven, you're starting over with some new content. So lesson one and seven are engaging students and keeping them involved in that class. Now we have lessons two and eight, which are all about exploring the different approaches to lesson concepts. So that's what we saw in that slide. It was probably class number two. They're exploring the different rocks and the rock cycles. Lessons three and nine are all about explaining. What I mean by that is you're giving students the tools to explain contents in their own words. Lessons four and 10 are all about expanding lesson content so they can make those real world connections. Right, what did they use to build the Great Wall? And elaborate and help students solve more difficult problems and questions. Remember lesson five and lesson 11 are in preparation or review for those unit assessment classes in the next class. And lessons six and 12 are all about evaluating. That's when you have a unit assessment, they do their project presentations and you're evaluating the learning outcomes through these unit assessments. Are there any questions about these six E's? Do you like my little diagram? I made this years ago, but it took me a long time. So I'm still proud of it. Look at that. Okay, so I want to talk about TPR. I know for TPR for VIP Kid, we always see TPR for lower level students. I wanted to focus on what that looks like for vocabulary for a higher level student. So here's an example from the teaching channel of a teacher doing this in a high school class. Let's watch. All right, we're going to transition. In our class, we use vocabulary with a gesture or a physical response to transition from one piece of the lesson to the next piece of the lesson so that the students have a lot of exposure to a vocabulary word over the course of a day. Remember our transition word this week is suppress. I say it, you say it, we're all going to do the gesture. Part of the transition word is using TPR, which is total physical response. So remember when we're doing this, we're all speaking loud and clear. Ready? I'll say it, you say it. Suppress, suppress, suppress. keep them down. So this word is a tier two academic vocabulary word that connects to the bigger theme of the unit. It's also a word that they will see in their reading. Let's practice our word again. Suppress. And we'll do that three or four times a lesson as we transition from group work to teacher direction to another phase of the lesson. All right, keep thinking about that word. We're not just doing the gestures and saying it. I want you to keep thinking about what it means and how it's relating to the topic you just learned about. Tips for getting started using a transition word, especially with TPR. You want the gesture and the definition to be short, three or four words. Also have the students help. Ask them, what do you think of when I say this word and you know it means this? What gestures do come to mind for you? Other words we've used were suffrage. So I would say suffrage, they say suffrage, we all say right to vote. Or secede, secede, pull away. Nice job today, guys. Let's use our transition word one more time. So plan in stopping points where you're going to use it. We can ask students, you know, even years later when they come back, that's something that they always remember and they always enjoy and have fun with. Okay, so wasn't that really cool to see it in an older context with this classroom. So what are some tips that she gave for using TPR in class? What do you remember? And you, you can unmute, uh, Leah. 
Um, he said to uh, keep the definition short, a couple words, and uh, use the hand gesture at the same time. You got it. Thank you, Leah. I noticed that she said, what gesture do you think of when you use or when you hear this word? Because that's so hard to get them to be like, I want to say this word again, and I want to show you a gesture. Exactly, right? Tell them to act it out in their own, like, whatever they want to use. And you'll be surprised at some of the things. So, for example, if we're talking about recycle, maybe for TPR, I can show something like this. Or for short definition, use again recycle, right? They can think of their own definition. They can also show you some TPR. I just say act it out uh, to make it simple. And that could be a great way to really involve the student. Have them think of it first and show you. They are very, very creative. But I like in this video, short definitions are great. Also give them some more ownership of that lesson. Right? I like what she said, secede, pull away. That was great TPR. Wonderful teacher. So let's talk about teaching strategies with props and extension here for level six, which is a big part of how we guide the student correctly in a level six class. So back to Benjamin, let's hear his thoughts about using props and extensions in class. And uh, I think teachers can provide some pictures on their, on their iPad uh, when you're teaching the class, you can show them pictures but you need to prepare the students, uh, you, you need to prepare the pictures ahead of time, like several pictures concerning the theme of this class, and then show the pictures to them. I think they will be very interested. I think for level six students, if you praise them more accurately, I think they can understand. Like if you, uh, if you, think, uh, if you say that your pronunciation is good, and you, you even know this hard word, um, probably uh, based on my survey, I think 80% of them can make the class, can control the whole class conversation. Yeah. Because uh, we have only like 4,000 students, 4,000, 4, 5,000 students out of uh, 400,000 students. So that is the level six students are probably the elite of all the VIP kids. Those numbers are a little bit outdated, but there are over 800,000 students now. So less than 10% are in level six, right? So if you think of it that way, these are really high level students. And then as you get to level seven and eight, it's even less than that. But these students are very capable and very high achieving students if you teach level six. Now, some things he was talking about here, Number one, using pictures and realia. Preparing pictures before class can really help to enhance your lesson. Now, I use Google Slides with Minicam. You don't have to do that. You can use Google Slides from your phone and show them that way. Or you can go to different websites like Jiffy. Let me type that up. Jiffy is a great one. Or just Google search. And what you can do is find different GIFs, videos, or photos related to your lesson content. Save those in different albums on your phone or iPad, and then you can bring those to the camera and show it that way if you're not using Minicam or Google Slides. But I love to find real life pictures so they can make those real world connections. Right? Shamita, there are over 800,000 students. When he did the video, there were 400,000. Right? So huge, huge amount of students. Right? Number two, Use honest praise. 
we get in the habit of saying, good job, good job, good job, good job, good job, all the time for levels two and three, right? How can we give honest praise for a level six student? Any examples? Be specific. You got it, be specific. So you read that sentence so well. Your fluency is improving. Great job making three sentences with recycle, right? You're giving that honest praise so they know exactly what they're doing well in that classroom. And number three, high level, inspire more conversation with the student. I like to get to know my students in terms of what they are interested in. Let's say they like Legos or Harry Potter. If I can incorporate that somehow into the lesson, great point of connection with my student, right? Or talk about their daily life at school or something that they learned about. Even I ask them to show me some of their textbooks from school and they can find something that's related to our lesson content. It's a great connection that you can make with your student. So let's look at this. We have classify and we have a solid, liquid, and a gas. Are there any props or visuals that we can use to show solid, liquid, and or gas? And feel free, you can unmute. You don't have to raise your hand. I saw um, in a workshop, I think it was with Susan, and she had um, an example of, um, she has vinegar and then a solid was baking soda. And then she had the solid in the balloon, baking soda. She put it on top of the bottle with vinegar in it and it blew up the balloon. So that showed all three, it was really cool. That is cool, yeah. Great example from Susan. You can show some objects, right? So even me, if I have water next to me, I have a solid glass and I have liquid in there as well that they can see, right? And then sometimes if you have hot coffee, it has that vapor, that steam, there you can go. You can talk about that as well. Now look at me, this is from, oh my gosh, 2017. This is an old video. Uh, I got a haircut in Bangkok by the way, and they like took out my widow's peak. I didn't even ask them to do that, so there you go. But I just remember this video from there. But I have a little example from solid, liquid, and gas. Let's watch. Liquid, gas. Mm -hmm. Okay, so look at this. I have this thing. The purple part, is that a solid, liquid, or gas? Uh, what's that? Okay, so I'll show you. This part is a solid. Can you see the liquid inside? Oh, no. So there's some liquid. Can you see it? Yeah. And if I turn it on like this, right, what is that? Gas. Gas, right? So we have gas, liquid, and a solid. This is called a lighter. Lighter. Yeah, so if I want to light some birthday candles, I can use this lighter right there. Oh. Okay, so I have a lighter that's a translucent or transparent one where they can see the solid, the liquid, and the gas on there, right? Hopefully that was a good example. So let's talk about teaching strategies with grammar. Thank you so much. So for grammar, that's a big part of level six and above. The focus is really on conventional use here, or you can think of this as academic use for grammar. That's something that parents are really looking for. So there are some aspects of this, Mechanics, make sure that they know spelling, punctuate, punctuation, capitalization, and 
how to use paragraphs with transition words. Those are all really good skills for them to develop in level six that will take them with level seven and level eight when they have to do that even more. For usage, remember word order, especially with adjectives, right? There's a different order for that with like opinion, age, color, conjugation, subject verb agreements, and register, degree of formality. If you're doing a role play, let's say they're talking to a professor and they're talking to their friend, what register do we use when we talk to different types of people? I like to do a lot of role plays in my level six classes. If we're reading about a police officer, maybe I can pretend to be a police officer and then we can have an interview or discussion, right? How would they talk to me compared to their best friend? And sentence formation is how sentences are structured naturally and how phrases and clauses are used to make sentences. Think about what we learned before about independent, dependent clauses, simple, complex, compound sentences. Those are all types of things that we go over in level six. Right? Oh, I see some examples in the chat box. Gas could be missed. Mm -hmm. You can blow up a balloon if you have a balloon next to you, or even a video of a balloon. That's great. So what approaches can we take for this slide? We have adverbs of degree, almost, barely, quite, just hardly, extremely, to, and enough. What would you do here? Cry, okay. Um, I would maybe have uh, some M&Ms and have like four red ones and two blue ones and say almost all the M&Ms are red or something like that. That's a great example. Thank you, Leah. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Anyone else? Are there any visuals on this slide or is it all text? Just all text, right? So maybe I can show a picture of something, right? Where maybe there's one red flower and a sea of yellow flowers. And we can talk about that, right? Any kind of picture that you can show could help, right? Any visual, even for these example sentences, like a whale that's swimming fast, if I have a GIF or a video of that. Let's go back to our friend Diana and what she's doing here to really approach this slide. Oh, let's watch. Read number one to me. Almost all fish are cold-blooded. Excellent. Does, is this different if I say all fish are cold-blooded? Mm, mm, it's not true mm, because some fish can live in the warm water. They are not, they are not cold-blooded. Very good. So almost changes it. Not all fish, almost all fish. Read number three. Whales swim quite fast. Very good. How fast do they swim? Maybe. Uh, it is as fast as a, as a sheep. Maybe so, yes. So this adverb tells us how fast they swim. Look at number six. Read that one. 
the blue whale's called the blue whale's call is extremely uh, extremely loud. Very good. What does this adverb tell us? It tells us it's not very very ordinary. Yes, that is a great explanation. And it tells us it's extremely loud, not just loud, not a little loud, extremely loud. What type of adverbs are these? These adverbs are these adverbs are adverbs of degree. Yes, so they're telling us how much. Let's practice. Okay, so what is Diana doing well in this example? Yeah, I do like she didn't just read the slide. Christina, have them explain the adverbs to understand its meaning. That's great. Yeah. What is another word you could use if they can replace it? They understand. If not, then it might help if you did. Yeah. Eliciting meaning from the student. There's a lot of questions going back and forth, which I really liked. And at the very end, she said, what are these adverbs? These are adverbs of degree. They tell us how much. I also like number six, right? The blue whale's call is extremely loud. How did the student explain it in her own words? Not ordinary. Wasn't that cool? Right, that's such a different way to look at it. And I like that the student was able to explain that, right? So if you ask your students questions, you'll be surprised at some of their answers, just the different way that they're thinking about things. It's great, right? But it was a very kind of, warm, friendly, just way to get through this slide. I really like Diana in this example. So Socratic method, I also talk about this in level seven, is just a way to ask questions to get to the answer or the focus of the slide. So eliciting is giving cues, questions, TPR, props or visuals or keywords, like adverbs tell us how much, they change it. Modeling, you can say aloud multiple times in a natural context. The siren is extremely loud, not just a little bit loud, but extremely loud. And drilling, practice specific grammar points explicitly. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kim, so it's okay to not directly address all the slide content. I am always afraid to skip any text. In my opinion, if you can really dive deeper into some of the examples like Diana did, she just did three out of the six, you're still hitting the, the focus of the lesson and that slide content without skipping that slide content. So I think she did that in a really masterful way. She's not rushing through, but she's allowing a lot of extra opportunity and conversation on that slide. Right? If she just said, okay, number one, number two, number three, next, right? That's not a great way to get through the slide, but she really kind of took time to dive deeper. So sometimes if I see a slide that has a lot of content, I'll naturally just edit it down so we can spend more time on a few rather than less time on everything, if that makes sense. Right? As long as you're not skipping that slide content, right? you're still hitting the objectives. So for level six, here's an example of complex sentence structure. And this is talking about dependent, independent clause and how they make a complex sentence. So if I want to elicit, here's an example, which part is independent or can be a sentence by itself? Which part cannot 
Why is there a comma there? And as I ask them these questions, I can also circle things on the screen. Why is there a comma there? Right, it separates the dependent and independent class. Great. So if they are able to respond and answer my question, I know right away they understand that complex sentence structure and how these work together. For modeling, even though it was raining, he still wanted to play outside. I can say this verbally or type it out in the chat box. They can tell me which part is dependent, which part is independent, and why. Does anyone, anyone know what the dependent part of that sentence is? Even though it was raining. You got it, right? Thank you, Nora. Yeah, even though it was raining, right? That's dependent. It needs the independent class as well. Thank you. Right. Sorry to put everyone on the spot with that. And drilling, have the student make complex sentences. That's a great function or great drilling activity. I love to use a timer. I use a timer that's in Minicam and I go over this in my workshop, but I find that that really works well. Let me see if you can see it easier there. Maybe that's a little bit easier to see, right? So I can go ahead and put that in the upper right corner and we can do a timer time activity. Or you can just use your stopwatch on your phone that's another alternative. I can bring that up. Here's my stopwatch. And I can say, okay, how many sentences or how many complex sentences can you make in 20 seconds? Ready, set, go. And that's another way you can make a timed activity to help drill with the student. So just ways to gamify this slide. Are there any questions or other tips for this slide? So if I'm able to ask them questions and they're able to respond after me, then I don't really have to spend time where they have to read this definition right here. So if I ask them a question and they don't know, then I have them read the definition, right? So that's another way you can save time as well. So let's go over reading, teaching strategies for reading, because reading is very time consuming and can be more complex for level six. And let's go back to our friend Benjamin one more time. Experience, I think it is important for students to read the material fluently. They can make the pronunciation clearly, as clearly as they can. So that is um, the one, one big uh, language ability for them. So uh, most of the teachers, they, they see um, pro probably their student cannot perform very well on reading the passage and the teachers don't spend time, uh, I mean, didn't spend much time on the text, on the reading part. I, I have suggestion for you to really let them read the paragraph and as clearly as at the very end, he says, as clearly as possible. So some things to just go over of what he says. Number one, parents really want you to improve fluency for the student. And what that means is that they are able to enunciate and speak very clearly. A lot of them want them to have a neutral American pronunciation. So just keep that in mind as well. So if they are a speed reader and you can't understand them, stop and slow them down because they need to be understandable. They need to enunciate their words. Right. Number two, check for pronunciation errors that may occur. 
If they do have any pronunciation errors, you can go ahead and do syllable breaks. So I don't clap for level six, but I'll type out a word, let's say recycle with a syllable break like that, where they can see it. You can also type it out phonetically if they need some help with pronunciation. If you ever need help with phonetic spelling, if you just Google a word, it'll show you the phonetic spelling as well right, and how they can say it. And tips, use the chat box throughout, especially for reading or any error corrections. And also when you're doing parent feedback, give them some honest feedback on how they can improve. Let's say they had trouble with the word recycle. I can just type out recycle, just how I did it right now in the parent feedback, so they can practice that on their own too. I also give reminders sometimes and parent feedback because they can watch the recording of the class after. Let's say around slide 16, I went over the pronunciation of recycle. Have him view that again for extra practice. So let's look at this reading comprehension. This text is all about the tradition of wrapping presents for Christmas. Now, how can you speed up the pacing on this slide if a student reads slowly? Take turns. Yeah. Susanna? I was just going to say break it up. Same. Yeah. Take turns. You got it. I did see a question from Nora. I have a level six student who struggles with C and CH sounds, any specific ideas? Definitely use tongue twisters. If they're having trouble with these specific phonic sounds, let's say CH, if you find a CH tongue twister, you could just Google it. For example, Charles checks chickens every day, something like that. If they can say that faster and faster, that's a good practice for pronouncing those sounds, right? They love tongue twisters. I do too. And how would you correct pronunciation errors on this slide? Let's see. Here's an old example again, and how I'm correcting my student. Oh, let's watch. Starting from here. A or B, Sally? Mm, B. Okay, so another tradition is buying presents and wrapping them in beautiful paper to give to loved ones. The wrapped presents can't be opened until the day that the family decides. This is another tradition. There was from family to family. Some families open the presents on Christmas Eve, and some open them on Christmas Day, and others open half or some on both days. Okay, so this word is varies, varies. Varies. And what does that mean? Mm, different, um, different. Yeah, so some traditions can vary. They can be different from family to family. Nice job. So what I'm doing here, I'm using ManyCam to type on my screen, but you can do the same thing in the chat box or with the whiteboard. So I wanted to help her with the pronunciation of varies, and I gave her just a simplified definition. It means it can be different from family to family. Also, you may have noticed, what did I do here to split the reading? You gave a choice what she wanted to do. You got it. That's a great way to involve 
your student. You can also write down number one or two, whatever you prefer, but you can go ahead and do that if you want to split the reading for a level six class. So other things, remember, we want to improve fluency and comprehension for reading. So be aware of pacing. You can alternate sentences or paragraphs if you want to do popcorn style or use a stopwatch to compress time for slower readers. Now, here's a note. Sometimes when you use a stopwatch or a timer, they'll think that they have to read as quickly as possible. No, I don't want that to happen. I still want them to be fluent and I can comprehend what they're saying. So if they're just speed reading within 20 seconds, no read more slowly so I can understand. And then once the timer runs out, I'll finish the rest. So just keep that in mind. Sometimes they want to race you. That's not the point. It's just to compress time. And continuously check for comprehension. Fix pronunciation errors, either on your screen, I'm using Minicam, the whiteboard or the chat box, and clarify definitions. Just like we saw with the TPR video, you can also do short definitions with a good TPR movement for that student. So Bloom's taxonomy, let's go over this. Think of it as a staircase. These are just the different levels of comprehension that we want for our students. Now, when they're at the lower levels, we're really teaching them how to read. So that is remembering, understanding, and applying. We can always start with those bottom steps of the staircase, but for level six and level seven and above, you really want to hit those higher order thinking skills. So these are really where they're engaged and challenged with the material. So that is analyzing, evaluating, and creating here. Those are really where they're learning, where they're using the information and producing language. So analyzing, evaluating, and creating here. What does that mean? Let's practice. So here is a level six slide from class 10. This is called the fir tree. It is a long story that you'll be, you'll be reading many times. So in this story, the fir tree is a little bit sad because the fir tree is stuck in the attic. Right? So if we want to do remembering, let's start with the lower order thinking skills. For example, what is the fir tree's name? Or tell me about the fir tree. List how the fir tree feels. Find the fir tree in the picture or find a sentence that tells you how the fir tree feels, right? That's all about remembering. Understanding, explain how the fir tree feels. Summarize this paragraph in one sentence. Let's discuss how you would feel if you were this fir tree. And applying, let's choose. Would you rather live in the forest or in the attic? Let's interview. Maybe I could be the fir tree. They can ask me some questions, right? And we can also plan, right? Let's plan how we can help the fir tree feel better. All right, so those are different questions I can ask on the spot as they read for those lower order thinking skills. Now, as we continue to move on, let's go to the higher order thinking skills. And this time I'll ask you. So this is about the history of Ramadan, right? So Ramadan is important to Muslims because it is a month that they believe Allah gave them Islam. Now let's go over higher order thinking skills first. Analyzing, what are some questions I can ask that can help with this skill? And you can unmute or you can type. I would ask about the Christian religion, compare and contrast. Excellent. Anyone else? Um, you could ask them to compare it to their own religion. I see that mm -hmm. now chat. Yeah. 
you could also go, okay, what does this classify as, um, you know, is this, is this a way of, so is Ramadan a way of remembering something? Is it a way of celebrating something? These are great questions, right? And religion is okay to talk about if it's in an academic sense. So don't worry about it. If you want to compare, let's say Christmas and Ramadan or Chinese New Year and Ramadan, there are differences that we can talk about really academically in class, right? Let's talk about evaluating, debate, prioritize, and select, right? So let's say here, the new law said that all Muslims must observe Ramadan, right? So maybe we can debate that, right? How would you feel if you had to observe this or things like that? Let's select different things we talked about in the text. And one more, creating is where we can really get into a fun, creative space. So what are some questions I can ask my student for this? Invent, improve, adapt. Um, you could ask them to, um, I guess, invent a new holiday or a new way to um, observe something important to them. Love it. That's great, right? You can really talk about a holiday they would create. They'll have some really creative answers and then talk about maybe what are some rules or what are some things that they observe for that holiday. 